Hi there and welcome to Doxadeo Bloemfontein North. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the message. As, as I said, we're in our last week of our 1 John series and we're in week 5. It's actually cool, 1 John actually has 5 chapters and we actually dedicated a week to a chapter. Um, the reason why we did this together as a church and as a city, um, if you visited our other, other campuses, you would have known that they also uh, are currently busy with the 1 John series. And the reason why we did it is because sometimes we... We need to, as a church, also go through a book in the Bible because the Bible needs to be close to us. It needs to travel with us every day of our lives. We need God's Word. And sometimes we need to go and check out what God's Word is saying to us because, you see, God's Word is still alive. It's not something stagnant that's just lying there between pages. God's Word is alive, and He's still speaking to us through His Word. And that's the reason why we are working through a book in the Bible. So um, you can go check out the previous um, sermons as well. I'm just going to recap quickly through that. So in week one, we spoke about, uh, we used a bit of alliteration, so bear with me. So the first week we used stay, okay? And that basically just means that we need to abide in God. That was the first message of the first week, that we need to abide in God, keep Him close to us. That's the best for our discipleship. That's the best for our journey with God, to stay with Him, to abide in Him, to remain in Jesus. Week two, we spoke about being satisfied. Wonderful message just about how we sometimes look for things that satisfy us that can't really satisfy us because nothing can satisfy us more than Jesus can satisfy us. Um, wonderful message that Abel delivered. And week three, De Villiers actually spoke about sin. Um, he was actually just not just redefining it, but he was also just breaking open what sin actually is, what it does to us, and uh, how can we live with the purpose that God has called us towards. Um, so you can go listen to that one as well. And last week, um, Abel spoke about uh, being safe, uh, from, prof, uh, from false prophets, and how can we distinguish between what is a false teaching, what is a false prophet. Very interesting message that was, so make sure you go and check that out. Now, in our last week, it would have been awkward if it didn't also start with an S. Am I right? It would have been weird. <laughs> S, 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 and yeah. But this week, we are speaking about sure. Sure. And I am sure. I am very sure. <laughs> and uh, let me ask you a question today. Before we start, actually, before I start, the Villiers, can you bring me my sermon present, uh, my sermon um, prop here today? So uh, I'm going to ask you a question quickly today. Have you ever thought about the thought of losing your salvation? Have you ever had a thought in your life? Maybe you went through a specific pattern of sin. I know teenage boys can relate to that sometimes, and kids can relate to that a lot, and because we're sometimes naughty, we don't listen to our parents, but maybe it's on a big scale also, and you wondered, you know, I gave my life to Christ, can I lose my salvation? Don't worry, I'm not going to throw you with, it, with this stone or whatsoever, um, it's, just, it's an illustration. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to take this rock, so um, this rock represents salvation, okay, represents salvation. Now, I'm going to put it right here. Uh, I'm getting old. I'm going to take this cone, and then I'm going to put it over the rock. Okay. And your job today, along with listening to me, um, is also to just make sure, because I know sometimes we nod off and focus on other things, focus on this also, and make sure that no one takes this rock away. Okay. Make sure. Okay. If you can help me with that today, because I'm going to be speaking to you guys, I won't be able to see the whole time. So thank you for helping me with that. Now, in a world filled with many uncertainties, many doubts, 
A lot of things are uncertain. You see, the world sometimes surprises me a bit in how far away and far off the road we can become sometimes. If we look at how, um, how people think about things, how people... Um, I'm not even going to go too deep into that conversation today. But um, the world is in an inter- at an interesting place. Um, if you check social media and you see what people are keeping themselves busy with sometimes, it shocks you. Am I right? Thing is, we need something steadfast. Luckily for us, as believers, firm believers in Christ, one thing remains steadfast. And that is the hope that we have in Jesus. Okay. That is the one thing that will always remain steadfast, and that's the hope we can have. Now, it's easy to allow ourselves to sometimes be overtaken by, let's call it the waves of the world, the waves that the world gives and the trials and the tribulations that the world give. And sometimes it allows us to then question our faith, the foundation of our salvation. That rhymed. Um, but sometimes it allows us to question that. Sometimes it happens. And you're human. You're not perfect, said my wife, sitting here. She's, she's perfect. But, um, but we're not perfect, not whatsoever. But today I want to say that's okay. Because today in 1 John chapter 5, I believe one thing that we are going to take out of this chapter is a specific, let's call it a key, to unlocking this treasure of confidence that we can have in Christ. One thing we try to let Christians understand is that once you are in Christ, you are seated in heavenly places. It's a funny term. Have you heard about that before? It's Ephesians 2 verse 6. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now, being seated in heavenly places with Jesus, Jesus, it is a metaphor as well, but it is also a spiritual concept that Paul teaches us. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 6, He raised us up with Him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And this metaphor, it's, it's beautiful. It um, underscores this profound spiritual reality of our union with Jesus. And it speaks of our identity in him, our position of authority and rest, the fact that we can be assured and our eternal perspective as followers of Jesus. It's a reminder of the grace that God has given to us freely, without having to deserve anything, just through our faith. Now let's jump back to the question. Can we lose our salvation? Now, I don't know if you're like me, but if you watch movies, I like to, whenever I know I'm going to watch this movie, and I don't always tell my wife that because this is also like a confession moment as well, but sometimes I like to go and watch the spoiler of the movie. I sometimes go and like to go and read the spoiler so I know what happens, because if you know me, I hate surprises. <laughs> I, hate, I hate getting surprised. So what I will do before I watch the movie, and I know some people are like, how can you do that? That's, that's, not, that's not normal. <laughs> I believe it is. I just want to know what happens. And I go and read the spoiler of the movie so that, so that I know that when this moment comes, okay, here it comes, here it comes. Okay, great. <laughs> not surprised whatsoever. So I'm going to give you a spoiler into today. When it comes to, can we lose our salvation? I'm going to give you a straight answer and say no. Now, a lot of people might differ with me and say, you know what, but what if, because there's always that what if, am I right? What if there is a, a, state of, a place in my life where in a, certain, in a certain place I denounce Christ and maybe start worshiping other gods, 
or maybe accommodating other gods in my life. You know, I saw someday well, someone, someone on Facebook, someone said, you know, we should just accommodate everything. Just let, let's, let, let's just live in peace together. Anyway, but maybe that happens to you. Maybe it really turns south and you say, no, what, I'm going to become a worshiper of the, dev- of the devil. Can you then lose your salvation? The Villiers actually helped me with this this week. He told me that John Bevere, very renowned preacher and writer, he had the following to say. He says that if you arrive at that stage in your life, were you ever really a believer? Because for us to be like Jesus, we need to become like Jesus when we are in Christ. Our goal is to become more like Christ. Can I ask you a question? Would Jesus ever allow himself to be entertained by a thought like that? No. He actually was tempted with that. But I'm not going to even entertain that thought today. So, spoiler alert, no. I want to give you today assurance of your salvation. I want to give you the assurance that God gives us through His Word, that you can be safe in Him. So, today, I want you to really listen, just like, okay. Don't become all tense, because today is actually very good news. We always should preach good news, but today we are going to especially preach good news. Now, I'm going to zoom in on five assurances today that we can look at. Now, I trust that you are maybe ready with something just to take notes, um, just to write it down if your Bible is here, and because I believe sometimes we need to reflect, and sometimes God reveals something in the moment that we need to also write down, so I think it's good for us to maybe sometimes take notes as well. So, the first assurance of sure is that we can be sure in faith. That's the first assurance we can have. Now, if we go to 1 John chapter 5, John kicks off with this one verse, uh, with verse 1, he says the following. Everyone who believes with a deep abiding trust in the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, is born of God. That is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for His purpose. And you see, immediately this lifts the load of us having to earn salvation, right? Because he says, anyone who believes with a deep abiding trust in the fact that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Immediately, the foundation of our salvation is literally the fact that we believe in Jesus. That's the first and foremost, the the most important thing. Our security in all of this is the fact that God is the source of our new life, of our new birth. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, we read verse 6 now. It says in verse 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through what? Through faith. I think we underestimate the power of faith sometimes. I really think we do. Jesus makes a big mention of faith. In fact, he, he, he mentions it a lot. <laughs> Whenever there were healings involved, miracles, faith was this one constant thing that he mentioned. The woman that was constantly bleeding, remember, remember that, that she touched Jesus' garment, and what happened? She was healed. And what did he tell her? Because of your faith. Your faith has made you well. And in the same extent, poor Peter, when he was walking on the water, And he started to sink. What did Jesus say to him when he started to sink? You of little faith. So I think faith carries the necessary weight when it comes to our assurance of our salvation. I want to encourage you today to see your faith as an asset, 
I'm looking at the accountants today. See your faith as an asset. Because sometimes we don't treat it like one. Jesus makes a big deal of our faith. You see, and I think the problem sometimes is we view faith as this passing emotion. It's something that we feel. No. It's it's supposed to be a steadfast conviction that Jesus is Lord. That's what faith is. Our belief is the anchor that sometimes keeps us above board when our life is surrounded by storms. That's the anchor that we need. That's why we can have assurance of our salvation because Jesus said that through your faith you have been saved. The second assurance today is we can be sure in love. It says in verse 2 of 1 John chapter 5, By this we know without any doubt that we love the children of God. Expressing that love. When we love God and obey His commandments. For the true love of God is this, that we habitually keep His commandments and remain focused on His precepts. And His commandments and His precepts are not difficult to obey. Now before I elaborate on that, I want to read to you... um, Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40, because Jesus speaks here about commandments, about two specific commandments. And you'll hear now why I want to read it to you. It says in verse 34, it's not on the screen, so you can just follow me. Now, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced, muzzled the Sadducees, they gathered gathered together. One of them, a lawyer, an expert in Mosaic law, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest, greatest commandment. Now listen carefully. He says then, The second is like it. He doesn't say that the second is this. In Afrikaans it says, Die tweede is gelijkstaande aan. It's very deep Afrikaans that. But, Second is, um, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. The law, of the whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. Now, this is not some opinion. This is Jesus speaking here. It's remarkable for me to read our Savior actually just proclaiming this. The security of our salvation is also tied to our love for God. And Hear what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. It's not about a perfect obedience, about just being perfect in everything. But it's actually about a heart that longs to serve God and to honor Him. You see, when we love God and keep His commandments, that's when we can experience also the safety and the security and the assurance of our salvation. And... Just, with, just like with faith, this love is not a mere emotion. This love is something that is sacrificial. It's selfless. It's a love that flows from a heart that actually knows, well, I'm transformed by God's grace. That's why I believe that when James wrote in the beginning of his book that faith without works is dead, I think we can connect it to this a little bit. Because it's one thing to say that I love God. Sometimes we will proudly proclaim that, I love God. But I don't show it. And uh, I struggle to, to keep His precepts and to, and to obey His word. I'm not being very credible in what I am saying, am I? <laughs> you guys look so serious. 
A lot of people think we just need to often remind God that uh, we just need to go and it's like just twice a year, you know, Lord, I love you. I really love you. Cool. And uh, that's how we think we, need, we ought to treat God. Sorry, can I just say, um, no one was busy stealing this or took this away. Right, the rock is still here. Nothing happened. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't see anything, so just cool. Okay, let's, let's turn back. We need to mean what we say as well. Let's ask all the men here today. Because we do this with God sometimes. Let's now put it on the other hand. If you tell your wife only on Easter and on Christmas <laughs> that you love her, <laughs> would that work? <laughs> and in between you don't, uh, you don't really show that you love her. Is that an is that example of a good marriage? <laughs> if, uh, if that is the case, then you need to come and speak to me afterwards so we can have a chat. But um, that's not okay, right? You see, like I said, when it comes to our love for God, people, it's not about perfect obedience. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But it is about a heart that actually want, seeks to honor God, that actually wants to serve Him. When we love God and keep His commandments, that is when we experience the assurance of our salvation. That's when we can tangibly experience it because this love needs to be selfless. It needs to be sacrificial. One of the first things that Paul teaches us is that we need to die to self if we want to be in Christ. So, it, so that we can actually experience the assurance of our salvation. So we can be sure in love. The third assurance today is we can be sure in prayer. It says in verse 14 of chapter 5, This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, that is consistent with His plan and purpose, He hears us. And if we know for a fact that as we indeed do, that He hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we, have grant, that we have granted to us the requests which we have asked from Him. You see, our security and our assurance of salvation is also in the fact that we have a relationship with our Father, but also that we can approach Him through prayer. You see, as believers, we can approach Him with confidence, knowing that He actually hears us when we ask Him something. He actually listens to us. This is a remarkable, I almost say it's a privilege, <laughs> that God listens to us and that He hears us, that it assures us that His presence is with, within us and that He walks with us. It says in Hebrews 4 verse 16, Therefore let us with privilege, some uh, translations use the word boldness, approach the throne of grace, that is the throne of God's gracious favor, favor with confidence and without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find His amazing grace to help Him in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. And you know what? God is our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. Now, when it comes to dads, I don't know what your reference of a relationship with your earthly father looks like. Sometimes that's a, a sore point for people, and uh, we journey with, with that and... We have the utmost sympathy with that because um, people are not perfect and hurt people hurt people. <laughs> so uh, we know that sometimes that is a reality. But I can assure you this morning that God is a good, perfect, loving Father that cares for you. 
You see, he's not like any father that you've ever experienced here on earth. He's a perfect father. And whatever your reference of perfect is, he's, his standards are far beyond that, actually. We can't even comprehend how perfect he is. Imagine. That can give you, guys, that can give you so much assurance of your salvation. The fact that you serve a God who you can talk to, who loves you, who is able to listen to you, and he responds, he answers us. He actually answers us. The problem with prosperity teaching is that it sometimes teaches us that the answer is always yes. But that's a sermon for another day. <laughs> it's not always yes, but God answers us. He hears us. Our prayers don't fall on deaf ears whatsoever. Can I just ask, no one came and stole that rock under the cone? Am I? Okay, shop. That's the third assurance. The fourth assurance that we can have is we can be sure in victory. Now, let's jump back to verse 4 of chapter 5. Now, personally, excuse me, singing and speaking sometimes takes its toll. <laughs> now, verse 4 in chapter 5, personally for me, this was a verse of great breakthrough in my life. Not just when it came to my salvation, but also when it came to mental challenges sometimes. Battlefield of the mind type of things. Um, and I think this verse really is profound in giving us assurance. It says the following. The security of our salvation gives us... No, sorry. Wrong one. It says, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus the Son of God. Wonderful thing about our salvation and the assurance of it, it gives us victory over the world's challenges, over the world's trials, over the tribulations that the world brings to us before our doorstep. The wonderful thing about being saved is that even though there is an enemy that's active on the, on the, on the pride to try and disrupt our lives, you've probably experienced that before, am I right? <laughs> Constantly trying to disrupt our lives with whatever, especially when it comes to being patient sometimes, when it comes to handling people with love. Uh, that's sometimes areas where he tests us a lot. So, and I'm not speaking about even things like sin. But the good thing and the assuring thing about being saved and being in Christ is that though, even though there is an enemy, he's actively on the warpath, we can be sure that even though we fight, because we need to fight, that's what worship also is, if you didn't know. Worship is also fighting in the spirit. Even though we fight, we don't fight for victory. And what do we fight for? <laughs> no, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Because of what Jesus did, because of what he has given us, we can fight from a, from a position of victory. Now, I said in the first service, I can't come up here and preach and not use a rugby illustration, so I am going to use it. So those of you who are, you know, big rugby watchers and have been for the last, um, I don't know how old you are, but, uh, but the last years of your life, maybe 10 years ago, if you can remember, New Zealand, All Blacks, they were quite a, they're still a great side, but especially dominant a few years ago. Can you remember that? That stage when they just won two World Cups in a row, it was intense. Um, having to play against them, especially when you travel to New Zealand and go play against them there, 
even if it was the best team, even if we had like the best players, um, I'm, not, I'm just talking about South Africa, other teams were also good. You just knew that, yeah, you woke up that Saturday morning watching the rugby, you know, uh, if only a miracle can happen. And uh, sometimes it did. <laughs> but uh, those guys knew that they were good. They knew that they were probably going to win this match because of who they are, because of the status and the, and the excellence they play with. So they were able to go to battle and say, uh, we're actually fighting from victory here. We don't need to, we already won. And especially if you follow the Rugby World Cup or any sport, if you look at tier two nations that aren't measured up towards the, you know, the top five maybe in the world. Um, let's take in rugby example for Namibia playing against New Zealand. Shame. I mean... You need to pitch up. I mean, <laughs> you need to rock up because it's still those guys' um, careers. They still play rugby for a living. But they rock up there. And I just imagine that being 14-0 behind, like after 20 minutes. And then what does the captain say? What do you tell your people there? <laughs> How can you still inspire your team? Like, guys, we can, like, we can still do this. <laughs> we can still do this. Now... That's what it's like to fight from victory if you're on the winning side. Luckily for us, we are on the winning side. Our faith in Jesus gives us the victory. Therefore, even though the enemy pitches up for the match, I think he knows that when you are in Jesus, he's going to try his best. There might be a questionable call by the referee and something happens. But in the end, he knows he can't win. And that's the thing. That's the assurance that we can have that we have the source of strength that overcomes the world. You see, our faith is not merely just a belief system. It is a source of strength that empowers us to overcome the world. You see, in the face, in, in the face of adversity, we can actually stand firm, knowing that we are conquerors through Christ. We are victorious through Christ. You see, the world's allurements and whatever it brings, it, lose, it loses their grip on us. You see, because our hearts are anchored in the security and the assurance of our salvation, we can have assurance because of victory. Now, the last um, assurance we can have is, sorry, before that, um, it says in Psalm 16, verse 8, it says, I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And I believe that's what God wants to, wants to um, donate in your heart today. That... He is at your right hand. If you chose Him, because of who He is, not because of what you can do, because of who He is, you will not be shaken. Our fifth and final assurance is sure in the witness of the Spirit. Now, the last part of chapter 5 um, that we will look at is in verse 10 and 11. We're going to read together. It says, The one who believes in the Son of God, who adheres to, trusts in and relies confidently on him as a as savior, has the testimony within himself because he can speak authoritatively about Christ from his own personal experience. The one who does not believe God in this way has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed in the evidence that God has given regarding his son. And the testimony is this. God has given us eternal life. We already possess it. And this life is and this life is in His Son, resulting in our spiritual completeness and eternal companionship with Him. I want to ask you today, do you think that God just sent His Spirit to us to, just to empower us to do great things? 
It's partly true. But one of the first times when Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit coming, he said that he's going to ask the Father, and his Father is going to send us a what? Who can remember that word? What's that word? A helper. Yes. Sorry, Jessica, I thought you were raising your hand. (laughs) For those of you who uh, engage with, thank you. I appreciate it. But um, you see, he sent us a helper. That's one of the first things Jesus actually speaks about when he speaks about the Holy Spirit. He speaks about a helper who will be with us forever. You see, the Holy Spirit bears witness within us. He's confirming our identity as children of God. You see, with the Holy Spirit, guys, salvation is not dependent on a on an um, external validation. We see, but because of who He is, because of who He, the Holy Spirit is, He is our inter- internal witness, our companion. He's our friend. He walks with us every day. That's a promise that God gave to us, that He will always be with us. And His voice should be the loudest in our lives, but it is not always the case. You see, when doubt sets in our, in our lives, we have the helper to guide us into truth. That's also one of the things... Um, Jesus said before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, He says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all things that are true. That's why we can have assurance, because the Holy Spirit guides us into the truth of our lives. We can have assurance, guys, because His Spirit is with us. His Spirit is not something that we need to welcome before He enters the building. He doesn't wait outside for us to first start singing the first worship song. Okay, cool. No, His Holy Spirit is within you. Within you. I want to end off, and uh, maybe the worship team can join me on stage. Just going to end off with a quick recap. Just Okay, just before we get go on, no one stole the rock here under the cone. I'm all right. Stay the same. Okay, cool. Now, the first assurance we had was we can be sure because our faith is the requirement of our salvation. That's what God requires from us, faith. Sometimes we overthink it. Faith is a powerful thing. Faith is a mountain-moving thing. (laughs) The second thing is we can be sure because of our love for God and His love for us. The third assurance is we can be sure because of prayer, the fact that we can approach God with boldness, We can come to Him as we are. The fourth assurance is we can be sure because we have been given the victory in Jesus. And the fifth one, as we said, because of His Spirit. Now, the reason I ask the whole time is because when it comes to losing salvation and the question of it, is um, sometimes we are paranoid and think because of what we did wrong, now, we sometimes always think, oh, yes, am I still saved? Am I still saved? <laughs> so, sorry, am I, am I still saved? Am I still saved? We, we disrupt our lives and we go back to the start and the first point when God says, no, I want to restore you to where you were and help you pick off where you went. Now, you see, guys, this rock over here represents our salvation. As I was preparing, uh, you'll see that I'm not the most creative person in the room, but I was asking God to give me a 
just the thing of how can I show the people that our salvation is safe in Jesus. And he said, <laughs> don't overthink it. It's there. Here's me. I've got you. You're safe with me. I'm safe because I stand on the powerful name of Jesus, the one who breaks chains, the one who has fought the battle on our behalf, the one who can give us the assurance of the fact that we are saved. And I know for you guys who are, let's call it, maybe you call yourselves a great Christian, you call yourselves a, a, a big Christian, you said, I don't struggle with thoughts like this. Good for you. <laughs> but we all have had those thoughts sometimes. Maybe losing what God has given to us freely. And like I said, I'm not going to entertain the thought of losing it because Jesus says, if you're born of me, and you abide in me, you will overcome the world. You will conquer alongside me. Because I'm just um, moving to the back I uh, want to set you free of your thought pattern today. And um, I want to tell you today that the reason we um, sometimes feel that we lost our salvation is because of sin. I mean, that's probably the only thing. And I want to free your mind today, to free your, free your thought pattern today, the fact that you have something like sin, maybe it's still a reality in your life. I want to tell you today that your mistakes, your disqualifications, your inabilities, whatever it might be, nothing can take that, nothing can take away your salvation, nothing like that. You see, people, if we think that sin is big enough, that it can conquer what Jesus did. You see, because the price Jesus paid for your salvation, it was the greatest act of redemption, of grace and mercy that there ever was and that there ever will be. If you think that your mistakes can ruin that. Let's check that last slide here. It's, it says the following. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is finished. Now, if something can, if it's like sin, if something like sin can ruin that, was his work a finished work? No, it wasn't then. I want to free your mind today if you maybe struggle with these thoughts. Jesus has a finished work. Today we can be affirmed of the fact that God took us out of our wilderness. He gave us a fresh spring of water, a fresh spring of life. He takes us from a muddy, unstable foundation and He puts our feet upon the rock so that we can be assured. I don't know if you've seen a rock in a river before, like a big stone. If you leave it there, the one week, maybe a year later, you'll see it's still there. And then you've been realizing, oh wow, this rock has actually been there for hundreds of years. 
Jesus said, that's why they refer to me as the rock that shall not be moved. Because, guys, we are safe in Jesus. We can be assured of our salvation because of who He is, not because of what we do, but because of who He is, because He is faithful. He loves us. I'm going to ask us to stand as we sing this last song. And uh, just for a moment, let's close our eyes. And if this is maybe a thought pattern that you struggle with, thinking that, Lord, sometimes I feel disqualified. Sometimes I feel as if my, my acts and how I treat people and how I, how I do life sometimes ruins my chances of salvation, of being safe in Jesus. If that's you today. Everyone's eyes closed. We just lift your hand just for a moment. Just if you uncertain sometimes. Thank you. Father, I pray for every hand that is lifted today that you will bring the assurance of salvation in their hearts. Lord, that you will come and restore the hope that there is in you. Lord, thank you that you are affirming your love and your redemption work, your finished work over each and every person this morning. We honor you, Jesus. We love you. We are so glad that you were able to listen in. If you would like to know more about us, you can visit our website or follow us on social media at Dr. Dave Bloemfontein North. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel.